Friends in Christ, may the Lord be with you. Welcome to North Holland Reformed Church. It is good to be worshiping together today, whether in the house of the Lord or in the house of your living room or in the living room of your house would be the better way to put it. Um, if you're, whether you're online or in the sanctuary, slight difference. Um, if you're here, you might notice that there's a pillar right up front. Um, I trust you can find an empty seat somewhere, though, to work around it. Um, and if you're online, you might realize that the uh, angle's different. This morning, we're not sure why, there was no connection between the camera and the computer. Everything's plugged in, everything seems to be working, but it's 2020, so it's not working, and we don't know why. So uh, we're going this way today, so hopefully that will suffice um, for a day, and we'll see what we come up with next week. Um, as we do gather here to, um, together today, um, one, just there's not children and worship today, so uh, parents, if you send a kid down, well, they'll, uh, you'll have a scavenger hunt later to find them, because um, they will not be attended. Um, so children worship will resume January 10. Uh, another thing just to look forward to, hey, this week, it may be 2020, but this week is Christmas. Yay! Yay thanks be to God. Um, so Christmas Eve service um, at 6 o'clock, um, we will both be online and in the sanctuary. And so if you are going to be at home for Christmas Eve and following on the live stream, um, we invite you to get a candle ahead of time if you think, so, if you think of it. And if it is safe um, to have a candle ready and set in your house, because um, we, we will still dim the lights here for Silent Night. And you can uh, do the same thing at home as well. Uh, today we do have a profession of faith to celebrate with Paul and Luke Morin, so we look forward to that a little later in the service. Um, we also, just kind of making today Membership Recognition Day, um, as we are also uh, recognizing a few transfers of membership to North Holland. And so one is of Aaron Koster, our intern. Um, Aaron has joined North Holland, um, coming to us from 14th Street CRC, um, joining us at North Holland and... Um, this is part of the um, ordination track and process for the RCA as well, so we are glad to have Aaron with us. And the other family joining um, is the Conover family. And so um, Mike, Mandy, and Ella Conover, um, well, it's 2020, so it's not like we've seen everybody around, um, but, uh, but Conovers are here this morning. Give a wave to people. I'm not even gonna make you come up front. Um, you're getting off real easy. Um, but we're glad to have Conovers joining us within the life of the congregation as well. Um, also, it's just great to have one more person, another Northwestern College alum among us. So that's pretty great. That would be Mandy specifically. And Mike, we like you too. So uh, as, we, as we do gather today, though, um, we rejoice. It's a strange year. There's weird technological mishaps that happen. And yet it's still Christmas this week. Jesus is still Lord, and we still celebrate the steadfast, loving kindness of our God each and every day. And so, with that in mind, I want to start with our Advent wreath reading. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end. As we come to the fourth Sunday of Advent, we complete the perimeter around the Christ candle and we celebrate and observe these virtues of hope and peace and joy and love. Hope, 
peace, joy, and love. These are all good things. These are virtues throughout the world. And yet, in Christ, we find the beginning and the end of all of these things. And so the fourth Sunday of Advent is our last Sunday of anticipation. As all four of the candles are lit, we look to the center and are waiting for one more light. And so it is that we wait for the light of Christ to be the center of our lives. Jesus Christ, who is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. So let us pray together to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we open worship today. Let's pray. God, we come to you with more light this week, and yet we long for the light of your steadfast presence. As we look to the center of the wreath, we long for you to fulfill our hope and joy and peace and love. And as we look to the center of our lives, we ask ourselves this day, Jesus, are you at the center of my life? Have I put you there in the center, at the primary of all things? And so, Christ, we come to you knowing that we put our hope in you. We find our joy in you. It is you that gives us peace. And it is you who taught us what perfect love truly is. And so be with us today, O Lord, as we look towards the center of our lives. May we center ourselves on you and your steadfast loving kindness. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, at this time, um, will you greet one another in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ? First song this morning is going to be O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Just thought it would be a fitting song saying it's a minor song with a uh, major message, right?
shall come to thee, O Israel. Good morning, friends. This morning, the Christian church around the world is preparing to celebrate for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here in Holland and Zealand and across the globe, we rejoice in this abundant gift extended to us by our good and gracious God. In Thanksgiving, we offer our lives as holy and living sacrifices, remembering that we belong body and soul, in life and in death, to our faithful Savior. In recognition of our response to Christ's birth, two young people from our community have heard God's call to make their public profession of faith, reminding us all on this Advent Sunday of our call to live as resurrected people. So at this time, I invite Paul and Luke to come and join me up front. We're all in one piece, as you can see. (laughs) Perfect, great. Friends, hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Hear also these words from Scripture. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Friends, the elders of North Holland Reformed Church have welcomed Paul and Luke, who appeared before them to make their profession of faith a few weeks ago. And they have been baptized into the body of Christ. In making public this profession of faith, they affirm the meaning of their baptism. So we ask them now to declare their faith before God and Christ's church, that we may rejoice together and welcome them as our brothers in Christ. So I've got some questions for you. Beloved of God, I ask you before God and Christ's church to reject evil, to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, and to confess the faith of the church through the following questions. Do you renounce sin and the power of evil in your life and in the world? If so, please respond, I do. Paul, who is your Lord and Savior? 
and Luke, who is your Lord and Savior? They said Jesus, so we're good. <clears throat> Will you be a faithful member of this congregation and through worship and service seek to advance God's purposes here and throughout the world? If so, please respond, I will, and I ask God to help me. Friends, do you promise to accept the spiritual guidance of the church, to walk in a spirit of Christian love with this congregation, and to seek those things that make for unity, purity, and peace? If so, please respond, I do. Amen. Congregation, would you please rise? Friends here and online, do you promise to love, encourage, and support Paul and Luke by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family in fellowship, prayer, and service? If so, please respond, we do. We do. Amen. Friends, we have heard of Paul and Luke's faith and together we have professed that we will support them in their faith. With that being said, let's join together in the words of our faith using the Apostles' Creed as a guide. These words should appear on the screen for us. Friends, what do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Congregation, you may be seated. Friends, in the name of Jesus Christ, the only King and Head of the Church, these children of God are now received into the visible membership of the Holy Catholic Church, engaged to confess the faith of Christ and to be God's faithful servants until life's end. Would you please join me in welcoming them to North Holland? <laughs> Paul and Luke, joyfully re we receive you. Join with us as we give witness to the world the good news of our Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. God, defend, O Lord, your servants, Paul and Luke, with your heavenly grace, that they may continue in your grace forever and daily increase in your spirit more and more until they come to your eternal kingdom through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In your son's holy name, we pray. Amen. As a gift for Paul and Luke on this special day, we have a Bible for them that they might continue in their study of God's word and that we too might encourage them in that study. They've also been given a certificate of membership to commemorate this day. Friends, we love you. We're grateful for you. We'll pray for your foot, Luke. 
And again, friends, would you just join me in thanking God for them? Let's thank God. Amen. Our responsive song to um, this profession of faith this morning was chosen by the Morin family. Let's remember together the assurance that not only Paul and Luke have, that, but that we have as well as Christians. Join us in this hymn. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my son. story. This is our song. Jesus has saved us, and we are honored to gather together to remember that this morning. Thank you, Morins, for that reminder. We have one more song for us, Joy to the World, um, with a new chorus in there as well. So let's sing again of the joy we have in Christ. 
As we have continued through uh, this season of Advent, we've gone through different Sundays of the Jesse Tree, and hopefully for some of you it's been a joy to follow along with the daily Jesse Tree readings at home. And we've kind of gone through a few key stories in the Old Testament, and today we finally make our way into the New Testament to Luke chapter 1. 
beginning at verse 5. It seems very fitting that we would be reading from the book of Luke on the day that Luke makes profession of faith, so nice job on that timing. Um, I also guess um, it's not because the Morin family had a profession of faith that I wore a red shirt, although that might be the meaning that Steve is making, but I did see that Paul was wearing a John Deere belt buckle, so I guess we're even. (laughs) Uh, Friends, as we read this text uh, from Scripture today, Luke 1, verses 5 through 25, remember that at this time, things were not necessarily good in the world. There is a lot of hardship, a lot of uncertainty at, at maybe national levels. But one thing that is always true is that no matter what's going on in the world, we all still have our own problems in our daily lives too. And so when we come to the story of Zechariah as kind of the beginning of Luke leading us towards Elizabeth and Mary and the birth of Christ, think about, think about Zechariah's life a little bit. He's a priest, he's in the temple, and yet he knows from his history that there once was a much greater time in his nation. And yet, they continue to pray, they continue to read scripture together, and today, we get one step closer to the kindling of hope in the Savior, in the Messiah. And Zechariah's story in Luke 1, 5 through 25 is the lead in to that. So before we read God's word together, let's pray for God's blessing upon the word. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have created us and sustained us. You have redeemed us and washed us. And you have equipped us and called us. And so this morning, as we hear these words, may they come fresh into our hearts, that we may remember that every fiber of our being was created by you, and that this story in the Gospel of Luke is leading us one step closer to the salvation story by which you redeemed us. And may you speak to us today, O God. Speak to us your truth in the story of Luke as he tells the story of your servant, Zechariah. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, There was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, 
all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was complete, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant for, and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace from among the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How can I be sure of this? It's a great question, isn't it? How can I be sure of this? You could think of all the different reasons that we would have to ask that question, all the different times in life that we maybe have asked something similar. How can I be sure of this? Maybe it's, how can I be sure that I'm headed the right direction after high school? What, is this the right career path or is this the right college? How can I be sure that, that this is what I'm supposed to do or study? How can I be sure that this person that I'm dating is the one? How can I be sure that, that this is the, the right company for me to work with? How can I be sure that this is the right investment to make? How can I be sure that this is the neighborhood that I want to live in? How can I be sure? All kinds of times in life where we can ask that question, how can I be sure? How can I be sure that I'll remain healthy long enough for this, that, or the other? How can I be sure that it's the right time to start a family? 
How can I be sure that that's going to work out at all? Maybe this year we add a whole other list of how can I be sure that I'll be safe? How can I be sure that, that this really is the end of the quarantine or whatever else it is? Perhaps there's a little joke detail in there that Elizabeth spent five months in, in seclusion. We're like, we're in Michigan, we got you beat. How can I be sure? There are so many reasons we can ask that question. And, and good reasons, too, to, to pause and to make thoughtful, slow decisions, to try to do the absolute best that we can do. But as we ask that again and again, how can I be sure? As we join Zechariah in that question, each how can I be sure could be considered a brick that we put some of our anticipation, some of our anxiety, some of our uncertainty into. And no matter how many how can I be sure bricks we build, what will knock that wall of how can I be sure bricks over every single time is the simple response to that question. You can't. You can't be sure. There aren't guarantees in life other than maybe what Ben Franklin uh, made famous, the phrase, the only two certainties in life are death and taxes. How can I be sure, says Zechariah. Now, we're not going to pick on Zechariah quite yet. Because you wouldn't do your best thinking if you had just been startled by the appearance of an angel. Um, and after the angel has kind of assured him that it's okay, do not be afraid, Zechariah. I'm here with good news. And then immediately, Zechariah starts to go down this path of, well, how can I be sure that what you're saying to me is true? Let's hold off on Zechariah for just a moment. As we ask that same question, how can I be sure? as it relates to what we saw this morning with Paul and Luke Morin. So there might be a few points in the sermon today where I'm like talking to Paul and Luke, and I am. <laughs> Pastor Audrey's gonna clear the way. But, but just keep in mind, you're not being picked on. Um, these questions, anything said to you, is actually said to all of us. In the same way at a baptism, we baptize one child, but we celebrate God's covenant promises to all of God's people. But Paul and Luke, when I think of this morning of you two making profession of faith, I don't see a moment of asking, well, how can I be sure? Because you're not making a profession of surety. You're making a profession of faith. And of all of life's uncertainties, of all of life's mysteries, of all of the unexpected twists and turns that life makes, we can't always be sure. And though it shouldn't surprise us, it often does that if we claim to be people of faith, it actually will take faith. Your profession of faith is not a declaration that you know everything about God. It is not a declaration that you know everything about what it means to follow God and that you know everything that you need to know. No. Your profession of faith is the acceptance that we do not know all things with certainty, but we have faith that God is good. 
It is not a declaration that you know everything that's going to happen in your life, but it is a profession that you have faith that the Lord your God will lead you, that the Lord your God has already saved you and called you by name before you were born. And to know that this day we read from Luke chapter 1, in, in which Gabriel says that his words will come true at the appointed time, that though we do not know and have certainty over all things, there is faith that God knows each and every day and hour of your life before one of them came to be. And how good it is to read those words that, that, that God had a plan for John even before he was born, that Gabriel tells Zechariah that, that John will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born that you were known and loved before one of your days came to be. This is a profession of faith. This is also a profession of faith that we don't need to necessarily know all things. In fact, if we claim to know everything about God, we are sadly mistaken and have much more learning to do. And if we do make such a misstep, which I trust you won't, God will correct us and remind us, ah, you don't know everything quite yet. But in the, words that you, in the words that you responded to, will you accept the spiritual guidance of the church? Not only will you accept it, but also will you contribute to it? Will you join in the communion of saints as we guide and gather with one another, not in certainty of all things of the future, but in faith in the one who holds the future? We do not make a declaration of certainty. We make a profession of faith. And you modeled that for us beautifully this morning. And that there will be times where we will ask, how can I be sure? How can I be sure? What's the right level of assurance that I need? And where do I find it? Let's hold on to that question and turn back a minute to Zechariah and figure out just why he got in so much trouble with Gabriel that he was made mute until his son was born. Gabriel has appeared to Zechariah, and he has told him good news. He has answered a prayer of his. And the fact that Gabriel tells him your prayer has been answered might be a reminder that even with all of the other priestly duties that Zechariah had, when he was in the Holy of Holies burning incense, he had to offer his own personal prayer too, the one that was deep in his heart. And Zechariah models something good for us in that. And Paul and Luke, even in your affirmation today of profession of faith, that you will continue to pray. And at baptism, your parents vowed to pray for you and to teach you to pray. So pray for the needs of our world, of our community, of our church, and also with the light of Christ at the center. Continue to offer your personal prayers as well. But Zechariah comes back to Gabriel seeming that he's over his fear of this angel appearance and says, well, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure? And Gabriel mutes him like as if it was a Zoom call that he could just mute him and yet he muted him for months 
He mutes him because he did not believe these words and declares, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, meaning as one of God's messengers, I have all the authority to tell you these things. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. How can you be sure of this? Zechariah could have taken one short step back and entered into this a little bit differently. I mean, pretty soon the next story is going to lead us into the birth of Jesus being foretold and, and Mary and her song will follow and Mary visiting Elizabeth. Mary has a slightly different response. She does have the same shock factor of saying, how can this be? And yet she also has the posture of saying, may it be as you have said. That's a profession of faith. How can this all be? I'm not sure. But may it be, O Lord, as you have said. And Zechariah's reasoning for why he's not sure that any of this can or will happen, how can I be sure of this? His doubt comes from the fact that he is rather old. I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. That is the sneakiest way to not call someone old that I think we've ever heard. She is well along in years. I can't help but wonder what Zachariah would do if Elizabeth ever asked, does this tunic make me uh, look a little wide? I don't know how he would respond, but I'm sure it would be really good. She is well along in years. But Zachariah could think back. Zechariah could think all the way back to Genesis 18 because that's part of his story too as, as the people of God. It's all of our story. Zechariah could think back to the fact that Abram and Sarah were very old when God came to them and promised them Isaac. And they waited even longer until Isaac was actually born. Zechariah could look back with the eyes of faith and say, God has done something like this before. What is to say that God will not do it again? And how humbling to think that it would happen to me and my family. Zechariah could look back and think of the posture with which Gideon, in the book of Judges, chapter 6, had these conversations with God of, well, I'm, how, how is this all going to happen? Gideon, he was even able to ask for signs but with a posture of trust and with a profession of faith. May it be as you have said. But Zechariah, in this moment, is not thinking of Gideon. He's not thinking of Abram and Sarah. He's just kind of caught up in the moment of asking, how can you be sure of this? In case you didn't notice, I'm old and, well, my wife is well along in years. Friends, part of our profession of faith that we all have is not a declaration of certainty that we know everything in the present or that we see all events with perfect certainty. That would be arrogant to presume. But rather, our faith is tied to looking back, to looking back over all of Scripture and to see the ways in which God has moved and worked 
to see the ways in which God steadily has always been moving towards this great plan of salvation, to see how God has both rescued and corrected, to see how God has both blessed and taken away, and in all of it to see that God's story that brings us to Christ has always continued on one faithful step at a time. And through the profession of faith of God's people, we join in the communion of saints or this great cloud of witnesses. And so as you read your Bibles, Paul and Luke, pay attention for how God was at work with the saints that are part of your family tree, reaching all the way back to Genesis 1. And pay attention to how God is at work And ask yourself not, how can I be sure that God will work in my life in X, Y, or Z way, but to pay attention to how God has worked before and to have the profession of faith that if it is God's will, God can work that way again. We can build our walls of the how can I be sure bricks. And there are times to do so with care and caution but to know that we don't do that alone and that we don't do it with perfect certainty and that we do so with the communion of saints, which in Zechariah's moment with Gabriel seems to be what he's forgotten about. John will be a child that will begin to lead the way and prepare the way for Jesus. John has an especially significant role to play in the preparation for Christ's coming. And John's just a baby waiting to be born. It is through faith that Zechariah and Elizabeth will trust that the angel's words will be fulfilled at their appointed time. Prayers are answered, and some in the ways that we ask and some in ways that we didn't ask or expect. Sometimes life will be harder than we ever imagined, and sometimes life will be better than we could have ever imagined. But we do so with the communion of saints. We're told that John will come with the the spirit and power of Elijah. Now make no mistake, this is not reincarnation. This isn't Elijah's second coming. The only second coming in all of Scripture that we expect is for Christ to return someday in the second advent. But Christ will be proclaimed first by John, who will come in the spirit and power of Elijah. Not a reincarnation of John, but someone with that same spirit of John. Now, we don't necessarily use that language, but that same idea is still present. I'm wondering if you've ever been told that you remind someone of one of your parents. Paul, especially the other day when you were walking in, I heard your voice. I thought Steve was here. (laughs) You could dress up as each other for Halloween and you both would get chided for not dressing up at all. But we can remind someone of someone else. We can share that within within the communion of saints. There have been times here where it's been made mention, ah, they remind me so much of this or that person. Not that people are ever replaceable, but what we come back to is that same spirit is at work in one generation after the next. 
And so to come in the same spirit and power of Elijah is to say he will be a great prophet who will speak boldly the word of the Lord. And remember that the same Holy Spirit is at work in each and every one of us. So we become less concerned with the question of how can I be sure and more interested with the faith by which we move forward and that we rely on the communion of saints to help teach us and guide us along the way. To know that the hardships that we face, they have been faced before either by someone that we know or perhaps in the scope of history, we find comfort in seeing how God was and still will be at work. So Paul and Luke, when you come to your own questions, and you ask of your faith, how can I be sure? Don't try to carry that burden all on your own. Ask those around you. Lean on your family and on your church family. And may all of us, as we offer prayers, ask not how can I be sure, but to say once again, God, amaze us again. Show us the way because you are the way. Speak to us your truth because you are truth. And protect our life because it is you that created our life. Without a declaration of certainty, let us turn for all of our lives with all of our hearts to a profession of faith. In the one God who is a mystery, and in the one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom we profess our faith in, that he is good, that he loves us, that he was born into the world to save us. And may our profession of faith always be to make Christ at the center, at the center and long for Christ's light in our hearts. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let's pray. Amen. God, we come to you with gratitude for your word, with a familiarity with characters like Zechariah, as we ourselves have asked the very same question of how can I be sure? And yet we come to you in prayer with the assurance that you are at work. Lord, just as Zechariah was given good news we thank you that you have given us good news in the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, in his life, death, resurrection, ascension, and in the expectation of his return. Unlike Zechariah, who had to wait to share this good news, we give you thanks that we may always have the good news of Jesus Christ ready to share within our hearts and upon our lips. And so, Lord, we do lift before you those who are in need or waiting for good news. Lord, we give you thanks that Cal Hop has returned back to American House and is well. We pray that you keep him well and stable. God, we pray for the needs of our nation, both near and far. Lord, we pray for those who struggle whether economically or physically with the pandemic. Lord, we think of 
friends and brothers and sisters in Christ in California where things are overwhelmed. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we can celebrate here today seeing Lloyd Redder and celebrating the progress of his rehab and recovery after the heart attack. God, we give you thanks with the good news that we can be connected, even as we maybe improvise, that we can be connected through technology when circumstances prevent us from, from connecting in the ways which we long for the most. God, in your goodness, fill us with good news that we can be sure of. Receive all of our questions and angst, all of our how-can-I-be-sures, and give us assurance through faith. Give us the wisdom to open your scriptures and send your Holy Spirit that you may open the words to us, that they may speak directly to our hearts. So, Lord, we give you thanks this day. We pray for this coming week of Christmas of family gatherings or the absence of family gatherings, of travel or the absence of travel. Whatever the case may be, may we protect the good news that is in our hearts, that you, O Lord, have been born into this world. And may we always profess that simple faith that you love us. For the questions that we don't have answers to or the prayers that we have not yet seen answered, we hold all of them in faith before you, O God, asking for you to show us the appointed time and to give us hope, to give us peace, to give us joy, and to give us love, all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. As the praise team makes their way back forward, um, just a moment, we'll... Um, close and dismiss from here. But we go with God's blessing. We go with an assurance of faith. We go with words that we say often here, words of benediction, words of blessing. And though we might hear them often, it is good so that they can be on our hearts. Familiar words that we can cling to when maybe things seem uncertain. And those words, friends of God, are these. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his face towards you and give you Christ's everlasting peace, both now and forever, through all of this life of faith until Christ returns or calls us home. Amen. And as we profess our faith, as we seek to live our faith with God's help and strength, we also want to give glory to God in our hearts and in our lives, in all times and in all places. Sing the doxology. Sing the doxology. Well, let us uh, all sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above ye heavenly hosts. 
Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Go you may on. rise and go in peace. Thank <laughs> you.